I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo from Weintraub Tobin. The original USFL has thrown a Hail Mary and filed suit against Fox Sports and the new USFL for trademark infringement arising from Fox and the new USFL's use of the league name and each of its franchises. We'll be discussing that today on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Well, it looks like we've got ourselves a case that involves two of your favorite things, Josh, trademarks and football. That's right, Scott. It doesn't get much better for a trademark junkie and an agent. Today, I want to talk about the lawsuit filed by the real USFL LLC, which is a holding company that allegedly possesses all rights and interests in the intellectual property of the original USFL, which was a football league that operated from 1983 to 1985, and according to the complaint, rivaled the NFL. I don't know if I would go that far myself, but there were some legendary players in the USFL, including Jim Kelly, Reggie White, Doug Flutie, Steve Young, and Herschel Walker. In any event, the lawsuit was filed against Fox Sports Inc., the Spring League LLC, and USFL Enterprises LLC for allegedly creating a counterfeit of the former league. Fox's new USFL is using the same name as the original league and the same franchise names including the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers, and the Tampa Bay Bandits. The complaint also alleges that Fox and the new USFL have stolen the logo for the league and the team logos as well. If you believe the allegations, Fox and the new USFL are trading on the false narrative that Fox's league and the USFL teams are reincarnations or reboots of the originals. That's true. According to the complaint, Fox Sports and the new USFL are trying to capitalize on the goodwill of the original league and trying to deceive the public into believing that the new USFL is the original USFL back in action. The original USFL takes issue with some promotional materials released by Fox and the new USFL, which include statements such as, the league will officially return, that the new USFL retains rights to the original names, and that Fox Sports is bringing back the USFL. In other materials, Fox Sports and the new USFL had Doug Flutie record a video where he discussed the league's return and announced that the USFL is back. To that end, the original USFL filed suit for trademark infringement false advertising and false association under the Lanham Act. Notably, they filed under Section 1125 since they do not have registered trademarks. They also filed suit for unfair competition, false advertising, and common law trademark infringement under, common, under California common law. Wow, Josh, they, they poured millions and millions of dollars into this league but couldn't afford you know, tens of thousands of dollars to file trademarks? That really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So what do you think about their claims? Well, I think the clear elephant in the room for trademark attorneys is the fact that the league hasn't operated since 1985. Under 15 USC section 1127, a mark must be deemed abandoned if its use has been discontinued with the intent not to resume such use or the mark becomes generic. Non-use for three consecutive years is prima facie evidence of abandonment. Well, here, we're arguably looking at over 35 years of non-use, depending on how you view things. What exactly do you mean by depending upon how you view things? 
Well, as I'm sure you saw, the USFL claims it has used the mark since it stopped operating the football league in 1985. Specifically, it claims to have done a licensing deal with a t-shirt company, an author, and two film production companies, with those putative uses taking place between 2009 and the present. What do you think about those uses, Scott? Yeah, I saw that when I read the complaint. Um, so it seems clear to me, assuming that the allegations in the complaint are true, that the old USFL clearly did make use of its trademarks in connection with merchandising. Um, so, you know, that's a huge category that any sports franchise or sports league needs to have. Uh, it, there were other elements like uh, book deals and film rights, and not quite so sure how recent those were, but I, I read in the complaint that the old USFL was receiving royalty statements as late as um, 2020, if I recall. It's actually been even more recent, Scott. The last royalty payment they received was in Q4 of 2021. And as we know, uh, Q1 of 2022 hasn't concluded yet. So I, I tend to agree with you, Scott. I do think that these merchandising issues create a problem, well, a potential problem for the new USFL and Fox Sports, because we all know that merchandise is a huge part of the revenue that's generated by sports franchises. And so if they can't sell merchandise, that would be a big hit to the new USFL and Fox Sports, who have openly stated that this is a highly media-centric league. And along with that comes merchandise sales, I have to believe. So I do think it could be problematic in that regard. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear uh, that the old league uh, abandon its trademark with regard to entertainment services and the nature of a sports league. But, you know, even if that's open and available for Fox to use, I don't see how you can have a sports league and not have sports league merchandise. I think it gets even a bit more complicated than that, though, Scott, as Fox Sports and the USFL have registered 175 trademarks uh, concerning entertainment services and merchandise. And the original USFL is seeking to cancel those marks. As you know, those federal registrations do create a presumption of validity. And I would think that that would aid the new USFL in this dispute. What are your thoughts? That's an interesting wrinkle. Uh, the old USFL claims that those, those 175 trademarks were surreptitiously uh, registered by, the, by some entity re now related to the new USFL through a series of assignments of rights. Uh, it's, you know, it's really interesting when you file a trademark registration application, you, you file it under um, a declaration that you know of no other conflicting uh, use or registration. So um, it's, it's interesting to consider whether or not this has been a plan underway uh, for quite some time by either Fox or by other people um, to, to try to undermine the USFL's trademark rights, or maybe they just believed that the USFL truly had abandoned all of its trademarks and that they weren't uh, using it in merchandising. But in any event, uh, you know, with regard to the, uh, with regard to the existing federally registered trademarks, uh, assuming that they were um, 
assuming that they're going to they're validly registered and that uh, they survive the cancellation proceeding, they they still take subject to common law uh, priority rights. So, you know, even though Fox may have a registration for um, league, uh, you know, football league services for entertainment services and the nature of a football league their rights are still subject to the prior common law rights of the old USFL for merchandise or whatever other rights it then had. It's certainly a lot more complicated than it seemed to be at first glance, Scott. Absolutely. And, and to add on to that, Josh, I understand that the original USFL had filed a motion for a preliminary injunction seeking to enjoin USFL's use of the uh, trademarks. You understand correctly. The original USFL had filed such a motion but it was denied because it was filed before the matter was reassigned to the applicable magistrate judge. But the original USFL is free to refile its motion. With that said, it's yet to do so from what I can tell from my review of the docket. I do expect them to refile it soon though, as I would think they would wanna stop the use of the IP before the commencement of the season in April, or frankly, before the merchandise sales start. And they may have already started. I mean, we're a month out from the start of season and the draft just took place about two weeks ago. Yeah, it is interesting, Josh, isn't it? I think it's telling about where the parties may be right now. I think this it, it shows that the parties might be very deep in, uh, in good faith settlement negotiations, which is why the old USFL has not refiled its motion for the a preliminary injunction. Um, you know, in any event, if settlements don't happen and the uh, motion for a preliminary injunction is filed, I think we're going to get a really nice overview of the case and how the court views the case. So we should certainly keep our eye on this one. I agree with that. We'll definitely have to keep our eye on this one. All right. Thanks for bringing this to our attention, Josh. Of course, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And if you're interested in more content like this, please check out our back episodes and visit us at the iplawblog.com.